We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball lined to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it! 3,000 for Robin! And there's a drive in the left field! This is hit well! And it's gone! Thor Cruising for a Bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. Uh, me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcasts. Uh, the, the 2022 Major League Baseball season keeps us guessing, uh, keeps finding new ways to shock us in both a good way and a bad way. But for the most part, we come to you uh, with bells on, very happy about the way the Milwaukee Brewers versus the New York Yankees series just wrapped up. Uh, we're coming on you hot off the heels of a game three loss, but you know what? We're going to look at the positives because they took two out of three games against a team who's one of the best in baseball, despite kind of a mid season blip on their radar, but they definitely have one of the best hitters in baseball. So navigating a series where you can win two out of three games when you have to face Aaron judge four times a night is Pretty good accomplishment. We're going to call it what it is. Uh, first of all, Adam, you know, coming into this situation, we're feeling good. A little bit left on the table, but for the most part, we think job done. How you doing? I'm doing well. Feels like something of a missed opportunity here. A sweep was certainly there for the Brewers to go and grab from a series with the Yankees, which sounds strange to say we probably would have struggled to believe ahead of time, but it was right there for them. Um, good start to game three, only for it to get away from them, for the home runs to finally come flooding in for Aaron Judge. He didn't get to 60 at Amphan, although he was not very far away. 
Um, he got to 59 at Amfam. But based on this being the toughest series they've got left this season, I mean, there are other tough ones to come, but this feels like the toughest. Uh, getting out of this with a series win is job done. And if ultimately you're going to come up short because you didn't sweep the Yankees, then it's not about the time you didn't sweep the Yankees. It's about all those other games you dropped in other places. So it's tough as much as they could have got all three of these. If that ends up costing them, uh, it's not that that ended up costing them at all. It's like the two months they essentially took off in the middle of the season. Yeah, for this series, it feels a lot to me like game one and game three both balanced out. Game one, you had no business winning game three you had an advantage in and probably should have if you had if you had had a normal complement of starting pitchers the way you started your season uh you probably would have had a lot better chance of winning this series but to go more into specifics game one of this series was a game that uh started off pretty precariously and it's one that i think in the moment uh brewers fans expected them to lose i i want to say like i've obviously do this podcast remote from North Carolina. I'm watching games on TV. It seemed like there was a lot of great just uh, vibes and environment in the ballpark this weekend, and that's what you need when you have a marquee series late in the season. This team is still playing for something. They're playing one of the most recognizable brands in baseball, and it seemed like the fans brought it to the table, uh, dropped their money on the table, as we say, to buy things like tickets, baked potatoes, merchandise, apples, who knows what they spend their money on on a weekend at AmFam, but game one, Adrian Hauser versus Frankie Montas. And it was a tough start for Hauser. Hauser's had an up and down season in general, and it's been very up and down since he returned from the IL. And this game, he just started off rough from the get-go. Josh Donaldson gets the scoring, started off with the sack fly to make it one nothing in the first. Uh, IKF, as the Yankees fans call him, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, singles to right to make it two nothing Yankees in the first inning. And then Marwan Gonzalez singles to score Cabrera, which makes it three nothing after the first inning overall, uh, not a great day for Hauser. He would allow a another run to score in the second on a Josh Donaldson fielder's choice, uh, three innings pitch, seven hits, five runs, four of them were earned four walks and a strikeout. Didn't allow a Homer, uh, which, you know, there you go. So the, <laughs> the brewers are down. Five nothing after two innings, and then uh, one guy to the beginning in the beginning of this uh, this game and this series, and this was continued throughout the the rest of the series. Really stepped up, and Sky's been playing really well lately. All bias flowing into this. My favorite player on this Milwaukee Brewers team, Willie Adamas, really stepped up in that second inning after Donaldson had made it five nothing. Willie steps to the plate, homers, three run homer to make it. Five to three. Then in the fourth, ground rule double from Adamas scores Garrett Mitchell to make it five four. Then in the fourth, uh, or yeah, following up that at bat in the fourth, Rowdy Telez sack fly to make it five five. Tough start to the game. All of a sudden, middle innings have arrived and the Brewers are right back into this game. It's five five. Some of the the uh, most impressive fight we've seen this team have all season, considering the opponent. Absolutely. Uh, I I think when it comes to Hauser. Rough, rough first inning. I just roughed twice there like a dog. I don't know why I did that. Uh, but that's that's kind of how it was. That's also somewhat Hauser's MO if it's going to go poorly. 
he did okay from there, but only getting three innings. I do wonder too, when you look at some of the guys who were called for some bullpen work some more so than others too, if that came back to bite the Brewers in the final game of this series, when again they found themselves having to go to the bullpen um, earlier than they would like, although maybe in the latter case, not earlier than they would have expected. So short start like that is just not what they need right now. Um, the Hauser experience is certainly a roller coaster since he's come back from injury. But yeah, this was this was a wild ride, and Willie Adamas did just about everything he could to get the Brewers a win here. Tree run homers. It's not the first time we've talked with tree run homers lately. It won't be the last time we talk with them on this podcast. Uh, becoming something the Brewers do quite often, and I personally think it's a good idea, Andrew. If only they had been doing some more of that earlier in the season when we talked so much about the Brewers' offense just being, it's all home runs, but it was also mostly single shots. And it's really tough and leaving quite a strain on your pitchers when that's what you're getting. And I don't think it's any coincidence at all that when you're getting to put up multiple runs and multiple innings, things start to look a lot better and you give yourself more chances to come out um, with a win. So Willie, with his uh, 4RBI, certainly doing his part, Rowdy, tough series for him, as we may talk some more about, but that sack fly for an RBI, also a big help. And ultimately, big shout out to our guy, the handsome one, Garrett Mitchell, for walking this game off. Sean a penchant for like the big moments. He he has this really endearing quality still where in his post-game interviews. Like with the Anfam crowd roaring around them, he seems a little deer, deer in the headlights esque. He keeps like just gazing out at the crowd, telling them that he loves them. Uh, all very charming, but also I think speaks to the fact he really is like he's a raw rookie still at this point. But he's come up with some big moments, and given the Brewers just need everything they can get, good for him. Um, he's he's helped them on a couple of occasions in a very big way, and this isn't even the last of them in this series, and that is encouraging. We we wanted a spark from somewhere. I don't think we expected it to be him. If you were to go back, say six weeks, and be like, "Who's the prospect who's going to come up and have some big moments?" But it is him, and he's looking right at home. Who knows what that means in terms of a ceiling, but at the position where the Brewers are absolutely at their weakest, he's come and he's delivered some good production. Yeah, you look at his overall numbers and you're like, yeah, Garrett Mitchell's kind of struggling with facing major league pitching. Who knows what this looks like over a full season, but he has a flair for the dramatic and he has the ability to step up in big moments. He's at least done that a few times this year. It was great to see. I mean, this is a game that, like we said, gets tied up in the fourth inning after falling behind 5 nothing. Uh, Willie Adamas again even when he's not doing everything correctly in this game, uh, grounds hits a ground ball to shortstop where the shortstop makes an error. Keston Hero scores. They go up 6-5. Then in the ninth, Josh Donaldson homers off of Taylor Rogers to tie the game at 6. And what Garrett Mitchell did with two outs and the bases loaded, uh, hitting a single up the middle to win the game, he spared us from Manfred Ball, which it seems like every podcast we have to talk about a game going to the 10th inning, but his walk-off single to provide a 7-6 to six Brewers win kept us from that. So I do appreciate his flair for the dramatic and sparing us from that. A really good day from the bullpen in general. Obviously, 
Taylor Rogers, unfortunately, allow that homer Josh Johnson, who just really sucks. Uh, just an insufferable person to watch when he's not on your team. Uh, but Streslecki throws a scoreless inning, relieving Hauser in the fourth. Justin Topa, obviously a guy we talked about in the last episode, returning from that long-term injury, throws one and two-thirds scoreless, two strikeouts. Hobie Milner gets an out uh, and walks one, strikes out one to, to have a scoreless outing, even if he didn't pitch much. A box scoreless outing with no hits, no walks, two strikeouts. Devin Williams coming in. In the eighth inning, this was a great call by Craig Council, seeing that the lineup set up better for Williams in this case, rather than Taylor Rogers brings in his quote unquote closer in the eighth inning. And Williams proves that's the right call goes with the scoreless inning and two strikeouts obviously didn't work out totally because of what uh, Rogers would allow. But I think process there was very good given who he had to face in that inning. And overall um, just doing enough to win and Mitchell coming through in the clutch Adamas, layering those run scoring opportunities over the first four innings of the game. And uh, yeah, one of the more exciting moments to be in the ballpark, I can imagine. So if you're in the ballpark watching this game and it was awesome, tweet us, send us a message in the discord, whatever it may be. Uh, Game two in this series, uh, Jameson Tyon against Brandon Woodruff, Brandon Woodruff, he who has been probably the Brewers best pitcher in the second half of this season, uh, Corbin Burns has had some slumps here or there. Still has been great this year, but I think Woodruff has stepped up lately and just really, I mean, looks like the co-ace that we've always known him to be. The comments going into the season that we said about the team is they have three aces, and at the very least now, due to injury, they have two, and Brandon Woodruff is one of those guys. Uh, Brewers get the scoring started off in this game in the third inning. Willie Adamas homers, a three-run homer again to make it 3 nothing in the third. Another Josh Donaldson homer in the top of the fourth makes it 3-1 Brewers, and then a Christian Yelich double in the fifth. Scores Garrett Mitchell. It's 4-1 after five. That's all anybody would get. Brandon Woodruff dominated this game. Eight innings pitch, five hits, just the one run, one walk, ten strikeouts in a situation where coming off the heels of a game where you had to use a lot of your bullpen, your starter only gave you three innings, you know that it would be hugely beneficial for this weekend series, for next week, for the entire rest of the stretch run to just go out there and give your bullpen a day off. And for the most part, he did that. He gives those full eight innings. Devin Williams does come in and secures the save in an inning pitch, two strikeouts, no hits, no walks, no runs, no nothing. Just a great combined performance from Woodruff and Williams. Willie Adamas again steps up in a big moment. Uh, Another big day or another solid day for Garrett Mitchell. He has two at-bats in this game and he, Gets a hit, scores a run, shows off his speed on the base pass. He's just um, an electric player. Even Willie Adamas had a steal in this game, only his sixth of the season. Um, but this just this came down to a big hit early in the game that gave the Brewers some comfort and some cushion, and Brandon Woodruff just doing what he's done all the second half of the season. This, to me, felt like the closest we've come all season to seeing a pitcher go nine for the Brewers. They weren't going to do it, given your current injury status with pitchers. The the way to approach that wouldn't be, oh, all our pitchers are banged up. Let's push Woody beyond the limit for no good reason. Um, but I, I think he was at, say, it was 101 pitches when he left, which is obviously 
pretty high, uh, but I think he could have got through that inning with some nice clean work if he was required, if the situation was different, if they got a chance. And that feels like the first time this season um, that I've kind of thought that, even in some of Corbin's good inning outings. Um, the one thing I will say about the Yankees in this game is I thought the, the Josh Donaldson homer was a work of art. He was almost done one knee. Like one of the more interesting. This is something over the course of the season I've come to realize, much like Rowdy's two iron earlier in the year. I I want aesthetically pleasing. I want striking home runs. You know, it's it's one thing to see just a perfect swing. And yeah, that's the thing of beauty in its own way. But I, I do like a little bit of artistry on it. I like to see something a little bit different with the swing. Uh, and that Josh Donaldson one certainly met that criteria and was absolutely smashed too. And on a day where Woody was not giving a lot, that was quite impressive from him. Not as impressive as Woody's outing overall, though only one walk as well in eight innings, I thought was very, very good for Woodruff. Again, that's the kind of thing that gives you a chance to go deep and limit the Yankees to one run, avoiding base runners, avoiding traffic is certainly the way to go about it. And not as much run support as the other two games of the series, which is generally the way when a Brewers ace really goes deep in a game where like, where's the run support? Where's the run support? Before runs was enough. William Adama's delivering again, um, very much deserving of, just continuing praise for how he's really turned it on when the Brewers need him most. We'll talk a little bit more about him, I think, in a second. We'll circle back to the piece of history that he grabbed with his home run in this game. Uh, but the other thing then that's worth pointing out just in terms of kind of play-by-play on the game itself is Garrett Mitchell once again, um, a lightning, a lightning speed. Uh, first, to ter- or first to home, just effortlessly. No mistakes at all from the Yankees. Um, I rewatched this earlier on a condensed game, and it was the Yankees commentary they were giving for it. And you could see just how baffled they were because it felt they felt like the Yankees relay was perfect. And yet there he is, Garrett Mitchell, just sliding home and beating it pretty comfortably in the end. Um, so massive kudos to him. Another thing, like we talk about him just being solid. That kind of speed is a major weapon that the Brewers have not had. And having him and Yelly at that point going back to back, that's the kind of thing that's just interesting in your order. Um, if Garrett Mitchell is at the bottom of the order and Yelly's leading off, if you can get some moments where those guys are getting on base together, that's really exciting to watch as a Brewers fan. Uh, but yeah, we should probably circle back to Willie Adonis and some very notable Brewers history. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so with the homer in this game, he has set the record for home runs by a shortstop in Milwaukee Brewers history. Robin Yount obviously hit 29 in 1982. Um, and now Willie has passed that. He, for the moment, was tied for the team lead this season with 30 homers. But just Willie's proving that when he's healthy, when he's in his right I groove, think he's one behind. I was looking at that. No, that's no not he updated. was. And now he's one behind. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. At the, at the this moment, was a time capsule. In, we're at gay yes. too. Sorry, spoilers, yes. everyone. Yes. Uh, he and for the moment he was very briefly tied, and somebody could not let that stand. Uh, but Willie Adamas showing that, you know, this year he's really it's really stood out from a defensive standpoint. He's got you know, I think thirteen errors, but what the balls he gets to and the outs that he creates with his arm have just leveled him up in terms of defensive metrics at shortstop he's proven himself to be in the top five or so of defensive shortstops in baseball right now and in terms of power hitting shortstops he's up there with Corey Seager in terms of overall production he's like a a notch below the the Seagers the Trey Turners of the world he's just uh really great when he's locked in he's had a tough season in terms of his on pace percentage it's been uh going through hot colds and or hot stretches and cold stretches where all he's got is the power, but it shows what happens when he has that power. And then he's also drawing three walks in a series or having a single or a double. I think it's something that obviously we will project and talk to, talk about for the rest of the season and how it helps the Brewers there. But I think what it really gives you hope for is what if he can start looking like this for an entire season and get back to what he did as soon as he uh, was traded to the Brewers last year. Obviously this year he had the moment where he had that injury on the play at the plate and what that did to a keep him out. And then coming back from injury, obviously is not something that's just plug and play for every player, depending on the injury, but yeah, just a historic moment in terms of what it's done for the record books and just an indicator of how good he can be and something to think about just moving forward. But you, uh, you might remember from our, uh, our post all-star conversation. So just before the second half started, and I I said I wanted to see the version of Willie Adams. I think could be a superstar. And he is the Brewers' best chance of that in players who are currently on the roster. We know there uh, certainly could be one superstar on the way in the increasingly near future with how he's tortured the minor leagues and continues to do so. But Willie is the guy on the roster where it's like, there's definitely another level there. If it really all clicks, that could be the game changer for the Brewers. We're seeing it now, and you know what? Maybe it's not too late. Maybe the timing is just perfect, and he can help get the Brewers into the playoffs. But certainly into next season, that is going to be something where it's like, okay, Willie, we know who you are. We know you're the real deal. Now let's take it a level beyond that. And just to speak to his defense, you know, there, I believe it was this game too where uh, he had an incredible, it was like 93-mile-per-hour throw to Rowdy, which nearly... I'd say left a hole in Rowdy's glove. It really, I could, who was it that was trying to get the first? Oh, I can't remember, but whoever it was, I'm, they I'm were not helpful here. So I apologize. They were, they were motoring though. And Willie, just as he's demonstrated a few times this season, uh, he has quite the arm. He does. 
and uh, and for a moment, for a moment, he had a share of the home run lead, but that takes us to game three uh, of the series coming off a 7-6 win and a 4-1 win. Honestly, Adam, going into this game, if you told me, yeah, this is where the Brewers' luck runs out in the series, they're going to lose to the Yankees, it's going to be two out of three, but not the sweep. I would say, I would have said fine, because it's Garrett Cole versus Jason Alexander. This is not something that is set up to be in the Brewers' favor. But the only issue with that is they started off by giving us some false hope very early in this baseball game. Uh, Alexander delivers a scoreless first inning against the Yankees. And then Colton Wong, after good at bats and walks from uh, both Willie Adamas and uh, Hunter Renfro, I believe, uh, since a three-run homer into right field. So Colton Wong, my, uh, it's funny, actually, I was telling you about my technical difficulties uh, watching this baseball game. This was on my phone, and it froze at the moment where the right fielder was just getting to the wall. I was like, is this an out, or did he hit a homer? And then it buffers back, and I see Colton Wong uh, running around the bases, and then I was able to just shake my arms in celebration. So 3 nothing after the first, after the Colton Wong homer. Um, and then... Things, it started to be a slow trickle. Uh, as I said, this was a, a tough game for me to keep track of because MLB does not want people to actually watch their product and they want to make it just as hard as possible to access it. Uh, get your shit together, Rob Manfred. Label this as explicit, noted here. Uh, in the second inning, Oswaldo Cabrera, a rookie for the Yankees, hits a homer off of Alexander to make it 3-1. Tyrone Taylor answers in the bottom half of the inning with a solo homer of his own to make it 4-1. And then the inevitable finally happens. This is something that had to happen in this series. I mean, it's just a law of nature. Aaron Judge hits a home run uh, in the third inning, a solo homer, thankfully, but his 58th of the year, three shy of tying the AL record. Uh, Aaron, or excuse me, uh, Aaron Judge hits that homer. Anthony Rizzo follows that up with a homer of his own. It's 4-3 to three after three innings. Jason Alexander would go three and two thirds, six hits, three runs, three earned, a walk, five strikeouts, but the three home runs, uh, tough, tough for Alexander. But overall, uh, still kept him in the game while he was in the game. Uh, Hobie Milner uh, would come on and allow a hit, two runs, two earned runs, a walk, no strikeouts, uh, tough outing for Hobie in that fifth inning, uh, a RBI fielder's choice from Giancarlo Stanton and then Cabrera, an infield single, scores a run. It's 5-4 Yankees at that point. And then Kyle Higashioka singles to center in that fifth inning, scores Josh Donaldson and Giancarlo Stanton. 7-4 Yankees after five. That really hurts, too, because Higashioka is legitimately one of the worst uh, players in baseball uh, that gets as many at-bats as he does. It's just mind-blowing how bad he is. His pitch framing stats are bad. His throwing runners out stats are bad. He can't hit just don't understand why he's a professional baseball player. And he has three RBIs in this game. Uh, in the seventh, he grounds out to shortstop to score a Cabrera, makes it eight to four. Also in the seventh, Aaron Hicks Homer makes it nine to four. In the seventh, Judge again, his 59th of the year, two shot of tying the AL record, makes it 10 4. In the eighth, the Brewers would have uh, some good things to talk about. Rowdy Telez hits a home run. Uh, scoring himself and Willie Adamas makes it 10-6. That's his 31st homer of the year, so puts him back ahead of Willie Adamas in the, the team lead for homers. In the ninth, Aaron Judge, uh, double to deep left center field, scores Aaron Hicks and IKF to make it 12-6. The Brewers would 
get things going in the uh, the ninth inning. Uh, a Jace Peterson double makes it 12 to eight. They would load the bases uh, for both uh, Luis Arias and Keston Hira. And ultimately, it was not to be. Brewers lose 12 8. Garrett Cole, though, looked very human. Five innings pitch, four hits, four uh, runs. They were all earned three walks, eight strikeouts, two homers allowed. That Kermit the Frog sounding motherfucker did not look like <laughs> one of the better pitchers in baseball. And uh, so, you know, there's a silver lining to take out of that. But overall, two out of three, they'll take it uh, right there. You have a lead early in the game. You you want to win the game. But the, de- the deck is stacked against the Brewers when they get so deep into their pitching staff that uh, they have to really string together games. Uh, Multiple times in a week, you had the bullpen game win earlier in the week. Basically, you're asking them to do it again today, and just wasn't enough because they also did it on Friday. Technically, when you when you really think about it, they're probably also going to have to do it again on on Tuesday. But uh, we'll get to that. Yes. We'll get to that. In a TBA, TBA. <laughs> um, the way I was I was kind of treating this game early on was the tree runs is fantastic. That's what you want to get started. Clean first inning, perfect. This is great. But when you get into the second and, you know, Yankees get on the board, Brewers answer with another run of their own. It's like, okay, this is this is what needs to happen because there's essentially a Jason Alexander tax that the Brewers had to pay over the course of his start here because you were playing the New York Yankees. And Aaron Judge, you know, kudos to Alexander for somewhat getting away with it. Aaron Judge really... He did his damage later in the game, and that's what that's what kills the Brewers. But by the same token, it would have been nice to carry that lead when you get three in the first and another in the second, just a little bit longer into the game. Um, the Yankees, unsurprisingly, were able to get to Alexander. He gave more than Hauser was able to give the day before, but it left them in a tough spot, and. It's also where I think you look back at Hauser's start and you look at Hobie coming back in again. I know Hobie only had to come in for one out on that occasion. Uh, Justin Topa, though, particularly, who pitched one and two thirds two days ago, he came in and just looked way out of sorts. The other thing that can't be overlooked at those guys is it's possibly who they're staring down, who's at the plate that contributes to them being out of sorts, particularly when Topa got into the game. Um, but all of that is really quite tough. When Brent Suter got in, he had some bad luck. Um, with two broken bats in a row, three broken bats, that just kept finding gaps. You're like, how do these balls keep getting through the infield? This is crazy. But that's just kind of the way it went. And I think as you uh, wisely pointed to earlier in the game, we could feel very bad about how some of the Brewers' luck went in this game, but the flip side of that is they were down like 5 nothing in the second of game one, and you come back and win that game. So when your pitching staff is in the shape that it currently is for this team, no Eric Lauer, no Freddie Peralta, no Aaron Ashby, that's kind of the difference. I think if you've got even one of those guys, there's a good chance that the Brewers get through this series with a sweep. The encouraging thing is the offense kept fighting. The offense was able to get to Garrett Cole. I will not say any more about his voice. I think you've you've had your say on that one. Um, and the offense is generally firing right now, which is 
encouraging because we know that is a major concern. And when the bullpen is as stretched as it is, when your starting rotation is as stretched as it is, good to see the runs keep coming. Uh, I'm going to knock on wood here, okay? That should be audibly. The Brewers were last shut out back at the very beginning of the month against the Diamondbacks. That just seems something that I, I really hope is going to continue for at least one more game. It isn't going to end immediately after this podcast. Um, but that is signs of their progress, of them trending in the right direction. That may be the lowest of low bars, but hey, we'll take it. Um, five, seven, what are we? Seven and three last 10 games. Also, the kind of form they need to give themselves a chance. Once again, might just be too little too late. And if that's the case, you've got to learn your lessons of, okay, these are the games we can't lose. This is where we blew it this season. But kind of sticking to the team for this Brewers squad all year long, good team comes into Milwaukee and the Brewers all of a sudden look like a good team in their own right. And if they don't make the playoffs, I do think this is going to be one of the things for Brewers fans watching playoff games that will be a little bit frustrating. I still have a feeling, and I am not I'm not sky high on this team by any means, that if they got into the playoffs, you just never know. Because they are the kind of games that this team seems better equipped for, and more readily motivated. They have a number of guys. We talk about Garrett Mitchell likes the dramatic moments. Kesson Uris certainly does. It's a pity he didn't deliver one more for us today. Rowdy, nobody has more more home runs right after the the seventh inning than Rowdy Tellez. Like there's there's a lot about this team that I think is to like against a good team. It's just it's the frustrating games where you're like you're so much better than the Reds or the Cubs that we've seen so many of throughout the year that they're the difference right now. That's why. The Brewers are scrapping for their lives in a wildcard race. And even this good play, who knows, may not prove to be enough. But all we can do right now is tip our cap to them because they are continuing to give themselves a chance. And I think probably two, two and a half, three weeks ago, you and I were were ready to to call this thing. You know, we were ready to be like they're done let's move on it's going to be about next season maybe the brewers were too but one way or another they found some wins some kind of spark and they're fighting they're going to give people an exciting run in whether it ultimately gets them to the playoffs or not yeah and i i want to echo some of those thoughts because i saw what happens when something like this happens in full swing last year if they get into the playoffs it's going to be because they're red hot and Baseball is such a fluky game, and the playoffs are played over short stints. It's going to be three games. If it happens, it's going to be got to win two out of three in St. Louis, probably, based on how I think this is all lining up. And then you go play a five-game series, and then you got to go play two seven-game series. So if they get into the playoffs, it'll be because they had a red-hot finish to September and early October. So if they get there, it's going to be an anything-can-happen situation. So that's part of what also makes like the games a few months ago be so frustrating because it was avoidable. That being said, I think I'm to a point where not really looking at the past, at least for the next two weeks, we'll have a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An autopsy on this season at some point. Uh, 
in the offseason. And right now I'm just trying to enjoy kind of these moments for the rest of the season because we're not going to have baseball to watch for a while. And for most people, that's going to be a respite. Is that is that a word? Uh, it's going to be something that's uh, like great. Like, oh, I don't have to watch the Brewers anymore. But at some point in December, I'm going to be watching like North Carolina State versus like Charleston Southern play a non-conference college basketball game. I'm going to be like, I wish this was Brewers, Cubs. That's You'll be fine. You'll operate. be watching the Hornets spell it out for like the final playing spot in the East. It'll be fine. Which is honestly, uh, that's a that's a very, you know, wildcard race-esque experience. Just with more teams involved, so you're really bad if you get to that spot. But look, it'll, it'll uh, be fine. The Brewers are <laughs> not, they're not rolling over yet. That's the key no. thing. They're yeah. doing everything they can to at least give you some hope momentarily, day by day. Also, to probably torment us over this final stretch of games, one way or another. And we'll see what it ultimately nets out as. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I think we're both surprisingly not giving up hope yet, even though we may have been so close to giving up hope in other moments. We know it's not good. We know the math is still in the favor of the Phillies and of the Padres, but there's there's something there where I think we both feel better than we thought we would at this point, if if that is aligns with it all, what you're thinking. If, if you're the kind of person who puts stock in momentum, uh, the Phillies are certainly trending downward right now, and the Brewers are really kind of noticeably trending up. And like there isn't more to say about that. We can't go and firmly plant a flag and be like, "Yeah, they're definitely gonna do it because of this." Uh, it's it's just it isn't that clear one way or another to me right now. Uh, but I am as new to the game as I still am. I am aware of the Phillies' history of doing everything in their power to miss the playoffs, and right now they are not looking their best. And the Brewers are really upping their game. Now you've taken two or three against the Yankees. That's great. You've got the Mets up next. Can you do the same? Can you go one better? And then you're getting into four against the Reds. And we're back to what's essentially the story of the season, which is, okay, you've got four against the Reds. This may define your season. Can you get all four? Would you at least make sure you get three of them? Like, we're going to live through some more of that yet before all of this is done. There's four against the Marlins there. There's three against... my Arizona Diamondbacks who have not been helping us out against the, the San Diego dads, unfortunately. But the Cardinals, they're also going to factor in. And it's like, I, I don't worry about that. I expect, you know, the Brewers to show up against the Cardinals, maybe win both of those games against the Cardinals. It's the rest that's still concerning. It's if they come through this Mets series with another series win and they're in really good shape, what what then comes of them when... It's about Cincinnati and Miami and Arizona. But they're going to give it a chance. And if, look, if the worst comes to worst and we're not going to get playoff baseball to watch this year, which would be really, really disappointing, particularly considering where this team once was this season, uh, the least they can do is give us the feeling of playoff baseball over the remaining how many games have we got now? Seven, nine, 13, 16 games. Yeah. And it's an NFL They're fully season. set up to do it. <laughs> oh, no. It, it's an old NFL season. Sorry. Um, yeah. Honestly, I, this last week, though, I've had as much fun or getting back to the 
San Francisco doubleheader. I've had as much fun watching Brewers baseball as I've had in quite a few months. And there's something to be said for that. There's It's a long season as you have learned this having to process it for other people's consumption, which is a weird way to understand and be like, good God, they play a lot of games over the course of a major league baseball season. So that's kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, we got 16 more of these to play. God, God, and wallet willing, I will be there for, for some of these games. Finally, to grace am fame with my presence as nobody recognizes me. Uh, we did hand out some master brewer points for this series. Um, so let's go to that before we take a look ahead to the the tough schedule that's ahead and who some of the opponents are playing. Uh, Willie Adamas obviously goes without saying five for 11, three walks, two doubles, two homers, five runs, seven RBI. Tremendous performance from him. Christian Yelich in the leadoff spot again after uh, some dalliances with uh, batting third in situations where Council was uh, playing Mike Brasso at third and leading him off against lefties. Uh, four for 12, two walks, a double, three runs, an RBI. Garrett Mitchell, three for six, a walk, two runs, an RBI. That RBI was a walk-off single winning Friday night's game to complete the fantastic comeback. Brandon Woodruff gets two beers, eight innings pitch, five hits, a run. Uh, it was earned, one walk, 10 strikeouts, just outstanding performance from Brandon Woodruff. I think we've given out three pairs of beers this year in a single series. It was for Rowdy uh, tying the single-game franchise RBI tally. Corbin Burns going eight innings with three hits and 14 strikeouts, and now Woodruff following suit. Bookended by games where the bullpen had to get a lot of work, Woodruff comes out and just absolutely shoves at a time when you need it. And then Devin Williams, uh, two innings pitch, no hits, no walks, no runs, four strikeouts. So a save on Friday night, or no, a hold on Friday night, excuse me, because he came in in the eighth, and then a save to follow up Woodruff on Saturday. Just great performance from Devin Williams. Leaderboard through 146 games. Rowdy Telez has 22, Christian Yelich with 18, Corbin Burns with 17. Willie Adamas with 16. Brandon Woodruff now up to 13. Andrew McCutcheon, 12. Devin Williams, Jace Peterson, Hunter Renfro with 10. Louisa Rias, Tyrone Taylor with 9. Colton Wong with 8. Kesson Hira, Josh Hader with 7. Hobie Milner and Freddie Peralta with 6. Aaron Ashby with 5. Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander, 4 apiece. Adrian Hauser, Matt Bush, Taylor Rodgers, Peter Streslecki, Brad Boxberger, Trevor Gott, Jonathan Davis with 3. Garrett Mitchell, Brent Suter, Omar Narvaez with 2. Luis Perdomo, Yandel Gustave, Luke Barker. With a beer each, uh, that's the Master Brewer leaderboard with 16 games left in the season. Seems like Rowdy's got this locked up despite some slumps. And uh, what I think is probably some lingering effects of his uh, knee tweak, we'll call it, a few weeks ago when I think it was on August 30th or 29th when he scored going uh, first to home and was out a few days afterwards and then returned. I'm forever going to think that he's probably dealing with something that he's playing through because he's a fucking warrior that <laughs> cares about this team and cares about playing baseball but he, he's i'm gonna say it now rowdy Telez locked up i think he's got he's got the master brewer of the year when we get to the end i think we've gotten to that point where i'm calling the election like steve pornacki on msnbc yeah i think i think it is very close to that and even the testament to that is Reddy really struggled in this series. Still comes up with a big RBI also in game one. I mean, they win the game by one. And 
comes up with a homer to regain the the home run lead on the team in game three. And it just feels like even if he's not at his best the rest of the way, he's probably going to have at least one more big moment that he's going to deliver. Um, so it's it's going to be a really, really interesting one to watch with him. And I hope, really hope you're wrong. Um, because honestly, the Brewers have not been shy about shutting guys down recently. I don't think that has always been consistently the thing throughout the season. We could certainly talk with some of the ins and outs of how they've handled kind of niggling injuries here or there. And maybe things would be different also if Keston hadn't just completely dropped off a cliff with his production lately. But I'm hoping that's not the case. And we're just seeing a slight blip on the radar for Rowdy that he may fully get back to his best very soon. But I, I understand the concern and where it comes from, certainly. I guess the reason I default to that is because I think of it, I kind of put it in two boxes, just baseball, what's acceptable to play through. And it seems like with pitchers, just because of the the nature of the what, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's an unnatural motion they call overhand throwing. Like, it's not something your body wants you to do. And just the nature of that and the injuries that happen and how long an injury can keep you out when you're a pitcher. I think culturally in baseball, it's been more acceptable for position players to, oh, just go out there. You, you know, you've got some sort of injury. Go play hurt more so than pitchers. So that's probably where my brain defaults, whereas – to your point with some guy like, or with somebody like Lauer or Peralta or Ashby, they're like, take all the time you need. And I think Rowdy may be able to say, you know, this I'm hurting, but I can still go out there and give you what I've got at 75, 80%. And that's going to be better than the alternative and still help us win. So that's just baseball, baseball, old school theory and orthodoxy, just bouncing off my brain as we have these conversations. But um, and of, of course, after you, you put that one out there to me, Rowdy is uh, DHing today. And, and uh, then, which would just seem like perfectly normal. It's like, yeah, that's probably due. I'm like, oh, God, is he really? Is he feeling? Is he feeling the knee? Is it a problem? And they're like, we need to we need to give you as much time off there as possible. And as much time off is really not a lot of time off still. Again, it's just a theory on my part and just kind of like the respect and reverence I have for a guy like Rowdy thinking that something could be wrong and he would just, you know, still be playing through it and only barely making us notice because he's like that good when he can still go out and hit a late game homer. I mean, so it's like uh, things like that. But uh, looking at the standings, uh, the Brewers are now 78 and 68, two games back of the Philadelphia Phillies in the wild card who are 80 and 66. At the time of this recording, the San Diego Padres are also 80 and 66, but they hold a 5 nothing lead in the top of the ninth, or excuse me, the bottom of the eighth against the Arizona Diamondbacks. A late snake timber comeback notwithstanding, it looks like the standings will see the Brewers two games back of the Phillies and two and a half games back of the Padres with 16 games to play. So <clears throat> overall, I think a, a half game gained because going into this weekend, I think they were two and a half back. Mm-hmm. of those Padres and the Phillies were swept by the Atlanta Braves. So my uh, former lover doing me a favor by sweeping the Phillies. Uh, we'll take it. Great. How do you feel about that? Yeah. 
I'm fine with it. It's you got to do what you got to do in these situations. Uh, a absolutely tremendous outing from Spencer Strider today. Who's a big Bernie Sanders guy. So I like Spencer Strider, uh, as much as I dislike the organization. So thank you, Spencer Strider. Um, are you, you know, on top they, of the, the Philly schedule? You know, they've got four more against the Braves very, very soon. I do know that. And if the Brewers get into the playoffs because of this, it feels like something I deserve to happen in a good way because <laughs> of the Braves having ruined baseball for me before this. So if that's what it takes, I just want to watch three games in St. Louis, man. I just want to watch this team play October baseball. I want to go in my backyards to let my dogs out and have there be a chill in the air and come back in and put uh, bourbon and a glass of Earl Grey tea and watch the Brewers play postseason baseball. That's all I want. So however we have to get there is fine. So just look at the schedule. So they've got two against the Blue Jays up next, the Phillies do, which yeah. not the worst thing. I'll, I'm intrigued. Four against the Braves. Okay, now I'm really interested. Three against the Cubs. <laughs> slightly <Yeah>. concerning. <laughs> four against the four against Washington. Very concerning. Yeah. Three against the Astros to close out. Tell me how this works in baseball. Do we see uh, an NBA esque situation? Uh say a premier league where you've got a champions league coming and the leagues are wrapped up sort of situation is it the thing in baseball that in a scenario like that a team will rest some stars or yep. yeah it is okay well that's unfortunate so if i imagine the astros will be in a situation where they've got one of the two top seeds locked in Maybe they keep playing if there's a scenario where they need to win to be have home field in either the ALCS or the World Series. But it's if they've got I mean, one they've, of those, they have a seven and a half game lead in the American League. Okay, so they've they'll have the one seed probably wrapped up. So basically, no reason for them to care as long. I, I imagine this what it's going to be for teams going forward in baseball is as long as they don't have to play and that three-game series to open things up, they're cool just having the buy, and they would prefer help in setting up their pitching more than anything else. So three games with the Astros for the Phillies finishing out could be relevant, could not be relevant. I was at, I think, Astros-Rangers last year in the last series of the season where neither team had anything to play for, and it really did not feel like either team cared about being there. No, I was at Rangers Guardians and Astros A's, and but it was similar situations. And the Astros had already clinched the division, obviously. They would go on to play in the World Series. Uh, and going through the lineups, it'd be like, okay, I know that name. I know, don't know that name. I don't know who this guy is. So I don't know how they finished off that series. But at a certain point, it just really feels like playing out the string. Uh even more so than other sports, I would say. The NBA has finally gotten there. Uh, I think over the last decade or so, that they, they are rivaling baseball for, like, it's the end of the season. These games don't matter, and you can tell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, so, so the, the, the Cubs, Cubs and the Nationals may actually end up being more realistic chances of dropping some games than the Astros. Yeah, it's a similar worry I have for the uh, – Padres playing the Dodgers this late because they definitely don't have anything to play for. They're like 
just skating into the playoffs. They just want to make sure, keep everyone in bubble wrap. Like, Yeah, they've just got so many stars, though, that maybe they're yeah. still just a good enough team to put out there. That's, that's yeah. my only case for the Dodgers. I mean, yeah, uh, oh. that's that's that is comforting because it's just like if one if like half of your good players of the Justin Turner's, the Max Muncy's, the uh, Trey Turner's, the Mookie Betts, the Freddie Freeman's, if at least like three of those guys are in the lineup, like you you could fall out of bed and score five runs. Like you could put blindfolds on half the guys on your lineup and you'd still score a lot of runs. So. That is one reason for us to have hope. Uh, another reason potentially for us to have hope is the Brewers seem to be the most play to the level of your competition team I've ever seen in my entire life. And tomorrow, things do not get any easier than, for them in terms of opponent. Three against the New York Mets. It's the Frank Sinatra series, Adam. Or stretch, I will say, of six games in a row. New York, New York, York teams. right. Yeah, exactly. Even though he was from Hoboken or wherever. Uh, Monday, September 19th, 640 Central Start. Uh, this is showing me... Nope, this is wrong. The ESPN is wrong because Corbin Burns is going tomorrow, right? He is going tomorrow. Perfect. Let me pull up the MLB app because ESPN once again thwarts me. At the beginning of the season, the MLB app was thwarting me. And Well, now I mean, it's... what else does it say? Because Corbin is going... No, this the they're just dead. They're just dead wrong. Uh, tomorrow, Monday, September nineteenth, six forty Central Start. Corbin Burns versus uh, Max Scherzer. Tuesday, Carlos Carrasco for the Mets takes on probably a bullpen game for the Brewers, and then we finish off the series a one ten Central Start. Adrian Hauser versus Tawan Walker. Yep, that what you had perfect. I, I, ESPN, I don't know what you're doing. Um, so yeah, game two remains a TBD situation, which I think we know. We know what that means. We, we know where that's going. Uh, bullpen games coming. Maybe some more options. Um, it seems like Matt hey, Bush might be back he, to start again. Yeah, that's again. what I was going to say. He's yet to pitch. He hasn't gone on the IL. He's yet to pitch. Matt Bush opener again. Hey. Fire it off. Let's try it again. Second time's a charm. Um, yeah, that's certainly something. Ethan Small's gone into the bullpen in Nashville. I, that's caught yeah. my attention. Maybe that's just that they're really losing all hope, or maybe they're like, let's let's work this thing out in another way. And those bullpen outings have been good. Um, speaking of which, just one thing we moved on from the rivals in this wildcard race, but you gave me an update earlier that is probably worth sharing about the Padres. And part of the reason why the Padres all of a sudden are moving in a positive direction, as opposed to 10 days ago, two weeks ago, where I felt like, God, if the Brewers could just get something going, they're going to get this team in a hurry. That has changed. And the Padres are now keeping pace with the Brewers and may even put their foot down. And the reason for that, Andrew is, Josh Hader has seemed to figure something out. Uh, what was it? Four scoreless outings in a row and five of his last six scoreless. Uh, 180 ERA for September. So the trade that we are going to be talking about for the next five years on this podcast, um, still still noteworthy because of, uh, uh, first of all, because 
beat reporters won't stop asking players about it. Uh, Devin Williams made some more comments this weekend. Uh, I can't remember the exact quotes, but to Devin's credit, he was like, but we don't want to keep focusing on it. So he wanted to move on clearly. But Hayter seems to have figured something out. Um, And the next time we'll talk about this is if he does or does not blow a save to either keep the Padres out of the playoffs uh, or help the Brewers make the playoffs, or if he blows a save in the playoffs, the next time we'll talk about it is next July when Robert Gasser's making his MLB debut. I think that's pretty much it, right? Have you got anything else? Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I did want to say, uh, anyone, if you're ever uh, in a position where you feel like life's too much or uh, like you don't have a grasp of a situation and uh, you're resorting to uh, measures that are permanent to... Uh, remedy a temporary solution uh, call the suicide and crisis lifeline um, had some things in my family this week that uh, have made this more resonant than ever so just wanted to put that out there to any of our listeners because one of the good things about this podcast is the sense of community it's brought me just through watching baseball uh, treating trivial things on a field like a life or death situation can be fun and can be a distraction and we all just get our th- catharsis out talking about baseball. And so anyone that's interacted with me positively or negative on Twitter or in the Discord or whatever it may be talking about Brewers baseball, I care about you and I appreciate you. So if you ever need anything or if you find yourself in a situation like the one I described, reach out to anyone and try and get help um, because people are there for you. And we want to keep talking about Brewers baseball with you because – if, if I can't talk about this frustrating team, what else am I going to do with my time? Amen to that. Make sure you hear all future episodes of the pod. You know where to find us. Cruising for Bruising. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us five-star ratings and reviews. To get on top of all other things, Eurostep Podcast Network, gspn.info. That's where you'll find the Eurostep Podcast Network with Win and Six and the Eurostep that's where you'll find make time for this where andrew and i talk pop culture and movies and that is where you'll find talk of the tundra of course with a new episode coming out on monday reflecting on packers bears so make sure you check that out we're on twitter at brewers gspn andrew's at ac snide i'm at adam mcgee 11 as always thanks so much to all of you for listening thank you andrew. thank you garrett mitchell